a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We often talk about on this program that when it comes to campaigning, we know what you're against, but can you. With the three things. Can you tell us what you're for? That's always the big test. And many, of course, are looking to the 2022 midterm elections and wondering if the Republicans take back Congress in November. What will they actually do? Is there an agenda? Something you might have missed. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as we do look uh, towards the midterms, a lot of people are wondering, can Republicans do something other than be against the Democrats if they were to be in power. Uh, Our friend Phil Rossetti, resident senior fellow at R Street Institute, where he studies energy and always uh, helps us in deciphering a host of issues. Uh, But when it comes to uh, getting quoted in the Washington Post, uh, Phil did it this week. And (laughs) uh, Phil, the the Washington Post pointed out something that you had said uh, in terms of can the Republicans actually have a an agenda uh, other than just opposing Democrats, and it appears they're at least on the brink of having one. That's right. Uh, as of yesterday, the Republicans have released sort of the first plank of their climate platform, this being the House Republicans. Uh, the Senate has their own uh, sort of momentum on these issues. Uh, but this is really kind of a step forward to saying, hey, you know, moderate voters, we have a plan for addressing these issues. It's not just about uh, issues that only people in the, the reddest uh, parts of the country care about. And especially recently, as Democrats have not had much progress in addressing climate, which is a big uh, aspect of their whole campaigning, uh, it's really a prime time for them to say, hey, you know, we've got other ideas that should be considered. And you focus uh, a lot of your time uh, on the energy space, and obviously the climate conversation always goes hand in hand with that. And so what is it that the Republicans laid out yesterday in terms of energy, climate, uh, and conservation? At a 30,000-foot view, they laid out what they called six pillars, uh, which they described as unlock American resources, American innovation, let America build, beat China and Russia, conservation of the purpose, and build resilient communities. Uh, so beyond that mouthful, what it really boils down to is the Republicans are focused on how to have U.S. resources play a bigger role in uh, the global energy system. So think about natural gas exports, displacing foreign coal or Russian pipeline gas to Europe and with uh, replacing that with U.S. LNG to Europe, uh, looking at adaptation and resilience opportunities and also a big focus on innovation because uh, there really is a lot of R&D opportunity. And I think when we start to really look at issues like climate change, it's very hard to see a pathway of solving the problem with current technology. Uh, there are going to have to be new uh, new resources that come online, new types of technology, new battery storage, et cetera, 
Uh, and that's been missing from a lot of the policy initiatives, uh, you know, over the past few years. Yeah, that was an area I wanted to, to dig in with you on is that American innovation in all of that, because I, I agree with you that it's uh, doing the same things we've been doing. Maybe it just, you know, we can do it a little cleaner, a little greener, uh, but we're kind of just nibbling at the margins there. So what are some of the things that they're looking at uh, and what are the things you think they should be looking at to really unlock that American innovation when it comes both to developing that energy, playing that role, but also being a lead out in terms of here's how we can be stewards of the environment as well. Right. So, you know, so far they've been looking at, uh, you know, expanding DOE, uh, you know, expanding things like ARPA, which is this program that has a competitive aspect where they try to pick and choose the the best technologies that satisfy certain targets and give them good size grants, uh, you know, more cutting technology transfer red tape. So when the national labs develop technology, it's not always easy to get to the private sector. So streamlining that process. And that's been, you know, most of what's been happening uh, up until now, but there's still things that are kind of on the table that haven't been talked about. So uh, tax policy is kind of a big aspect of this because, uh, a lot of innovation investments are subject to different tax treatments. It doesn't really make sense to punish someone trying to innovate or develop for that. Uh, and there is not a lot of policy geared towards specific environmental outcomes in the innovation space in the sense that there aren't like X prizes or, uh, or really sort of standardization of what success in areas look like. So it's something that they're trying to get more involved in uh, but it is still pretty early. But when it comes to innovation, we do have to recognize that we don't yet know what the end state is going to look like. Mm. All we can do is try to make sure we have a market environment that doesn't stand in the way of that innovation. Yeah, I think that's such a, an important point. And I do think it's important to note, too, that the United States has led the world uh, in lowering emissions and also lowering energy costs for everyday Americans. Uh, and so looking okay. at, you know, how we do that, how we go about that, and then how do we extend that, uh, I think is going to be the big question going forward. Yeah, well, the big thing that's helped the U.S. reduce emissions has actually been directional drilling for oil and gas. Uh, so that was actually, you know, an innovation that took decades to develop and really kind of came into its own uh, in the you know, late aughts and, uh, and early teens of the you know, past couple decades. And with that, natural gas became much cheaper to produce. It's much cleaner than coal. And that's why we've seen this big drop off in emissions. So that's an example of innovation really working well. Uh, this is something that we think about globally also, because if there's going to be a new type of battery storage technology or uh, new types of energy resources or vision uh, in terms of new advanced nuclear reactors, that's probably going to be developed in the United States. We have the biggest capital markets. We have the most demand for this technology. So we want to have some sort of pathway to say, hey, you can actually develop this product and get it to market. Because if you don't have that, you're never going to see this innovation. And we're probably not going to see it come from the rest of the world. And how do you think the uh, the Republicans should take this? Obviously, this is a 30,000-foot uh, view of – you had a mouthful of – of pillars uh, there to be sure. Uh, how can they translate that uh, into how they communicate both with their colleagues uh, on both sides of the aisle in Congress and more importantly to the American people? Yeah, it's been really difficult actually communicating these concepts 
because when Democrats have traditionally talked about climate change, they've had a central planning mindset to it. They've said, we've got an end state objective. We're going to have zero emissions by this date, and we're going to have mandates and subsidies and uh, bigger government that's going to enforce this upon the American people. And if you don't know a whole lot about how economics work, it seems simple enough. It's easy to understand that you know, if you just have all renewables, then you would reduce uh, emissions. And Republicans are taking a much more modest approach. They're saying, hey, you know, we're not setting a pie in the sky target. We're just trying to have a environment where we're not occluding these small opportunities at the margins that we can do right now to get these victories. And getting that to be communicated in a simple way is challenging because they're really just trying to focus on saying you don't have to give up everything that you have now to get uh, emission wins. They're trying to focus on the global aspects and say, you know, it's not about reducing U.S. emissions. It's about making sure that the rest of the world has opportunities to also bring down their emissions, just like we have in the United States. It's a tough sell, but I think they're improving that messaging. Yeah, that's an important piece of that puzzle. And so often we get caught in the false choice of it's either all or nothing uh, rather than a lot of these wins that can be had uh, along the way. Phil Rossetti, resident senior fellow at R Street Institute, uh, always brings us great perspective. And uh, we've leaned on you heavy this week, Phil. Uh, you're lucky this isn't California because they'd charge your residency for being on the airwaves. Uh, <laughs> but we appreciate you joining us a couple times this week to help us uh, with some important perspective on some crucial conversations. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Again, that's uh, Phil Rossetti, resident senior fellow at the R Street Institute. Uh, great insight there. And I, I think it's so important what uh, Phil said right at the end uh, of, look, this doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be the Green New Deal or, you know, put an oil rig under delicate arch. Uh, that's that's the false choice. And so there are plans. And I think uh, where they're headed uh, in terms of some of these things, I think there is a path there. I think there's a path to bipartisanship. There's a way to get the American people on board, and there's a way to unleash American entrepreneurial spirit to actually get the results for the environment and for the American people. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives the realities of grief and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.